For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. A promotional fee has been paid by the sponsor of this program for its editorial content. Statements, views, and beliefs expressed by the sponsor do not reflect those of WOKV or Cox Media Group. In the House with Ken and Jared is brought to you by Universal Roof and Contracting. Hey, hey, welcome. In the House with Ken and Jared, your home improvement questions are answered here. If you get a chance, check out our website, inthehouseshow.com, for tips, tricks, and answers to all your home improvement questions. Hi, my name is Jared Malik. Uh, normally sitting next to me is my father, Ken. Uh, he is. Uh, I'm flying solo today. He is not here. We are broadcasting live from the Jacksonville Home and Patio Show, uh, which is going on now through Sunday at the Prime Osborne Convention Center. Would love to have you come down and see us here at In the House uh, here at the Jacksonville Home and Patio Show. If you get a chance to come down, uh, doors open at 10 a.m. Lots of great stuff uh, happening here at the Jacksonville Home and Patio Show. Uh, all kinds of great uh, booths and information. Uh, I'll be talking about that throughout this show. And we're also going to uh, give away some tickets. Uh, if you want uh, to go to the Jacksonville Home and Patio Show, uh, if you uh, call with a home improvement question today, uh, here on In the House and uh, want tickets, just uh, let our producer know and uh, he'll take down your information and then we'll have your tickets waiting for you at Will Call. So uh, be sure to um, uh, to be a part of that. If you don't want to, to call with a home improvement question and get free tickets, that's okay. You can buy them. They're not that expensive. It's $11 for adults, uh, $5 for kids, 6 to 12 and five and under are free. Uh, I love home improvement. I know a lot of you do as well. And the, I, I love uh, going around to the uh, to the home and patio shows. And this year's show is actually really good. There's a lot of really good stuff here uh, at the Jacksonville Home and Patio Show. It's at, um, uh, of course, at the Prime Osborne uh, uh, Convention Center, uh, 1000 Water Street in downtown Jacksonville. So if you want to call with your home improvement questions, number to dial 340-1045. You you can also email a question. You can do that through our website. It's questions at universalroofjacks.com. Again, questions at universalroofjacks.com. Now, I own a business. It's called Universal Roof and Contracting. Now, throughout the week, we help people with their uh, roofing, siding, and window needs. That's primarily what we do. Uh, however, uh, every weekend, we come in and answer home improvement questions. Now, I'm a general contractor, uh, and so uh, I've been in construction from the time I was a little kid. And so I've done all types of home improvement and uh, construction projects. Uh, and so any type of home improvement question is okay. If you have a leaky faucet, you want to know how to fix it, or an air conditioning question, electrical, uh, maybe you're thinking about doing a remodel or an addition and you want to know what type of remodel or addition pays off. Maybe you want to know average construction costs of something. Uh, maybe you're th uh, thinking about remodeling your kitchen. You want to know what type of cabinets to use or what kind of flooring to use or how do you figure out if that wall that separates the kitchen from the 
uh, family room is load-bearing, really any type of home improvement question uh, is okay with me. It's uh, perfectly okay to call with any of those home improvement questions. I'm sure that uh, most of them I can answer. If I can't, then I'll let you know and, and uh, point you in the right direction. But uh, most questions I can answer here on In the House. Again, the number to dial, 340-1045. If you don't like the sound of the, your voice on the radio, just want to a little bit shy, you want to email me a question, that's okay as well. Uh, I don't mind those email questions. Uh, you can do that questions at universalroofjacks.com. Again, questions at universalroofjacks.com. And um, that is perfectly okay to do. All right. So I want to start off talking uh, about water intrusion here for a second. Uh, Any time uh, that uh, that we find that there's a, uh, a storm brewing, which uh, right now there's uh, Hurricane Joaquin, which is uh, currently um, um, uh, Bahamas has been getting uh, just pummeled with it. Uh, I don't think it'll affect us here too much, obviously, but the whole southeast is going to get a lot of water. Uh, a lot of a lot of dr- uh, a lot of rain. Uh, there's uh, flooding concerns throughout uh, the entire uh, eastern uh, uh, southeastern seaboard, and um, uh, so one of the areas that we find where water comes into a home a lot is, uh, of course, uh, the roof. A lot of people think, you know, obviously you have a roof leak, water's going to come in. But we actually find a lot of water intrusion in homes comes into the exterior of the home, the facade of the home, or the siding, or the stucco, the the external wall surface of the home. Now, here in um, uh, in this area, most of our construction is wood frame construction, and uh, then we have a lot of siding uh, on the outside, and some stucco. Uh, and so it is important for all transitions of siding typically are going to require some sort of uh, flashing to go at that transition. Uh, and a lot of homes, though, don't have that flashing, and so they just have caulking that is keeping water out. So a lot of the, the transitions of where the window meets the siding or where the um, – uh, uh, trim board of the siding meets the main body of the siding. Many times that area is supposed to be caulked. And so regularly caulking and sealing that area is an important step in the maintenance of your home. And so if you uh, are, are thinking, wow, I can't remember the last time that uh, I've, uh, I've had the, those areas caulked, it might be a good idea to do that. Now, an important step with caulking you want to make sure that you are are using good quality caulking. I see uh, people many times will go to the home improvement stores, and uh, they're gonna uh, they're gonna spend and buy the one dollar tube of caulking or the dollar fifty or dollar twenty nine. What's on sale that day? Uh, if you are using this for exterior applications, I don't want you to buy the one dollar tube of caulk. I want you to buy the five to seven to nine dollar tube of caulking. Uh, there is a difference between those two. And so um, uh, it is. It is important if this is especially for external, especially for water intrusion pro- issues. You want to use the good quality, uh, uh, moderately expensive uh, tube of caulking, not the cheap stuff, uh, because the the cheap stuff is not going to last as long and will not stop the water from intruding. The other thing is, is that I see that a lot of people will use too much caulking, where they just goop it on to the point. And, and a lot of times, what will happen is, is if you goop it on and you just 
put a bunch in there and don't smooth it out so there's a smooth transition to whatever it is that it's adhering to, then what will happen is is that over time that caulking will actually shrink and it causes openings around the side of the caulking. And so you'll see this big goop of, of caulking. There's a lot in there, but it's not actually adhered properly to what's around it. So what I always like to do is is after I, I cut the tip of the, the tube to the size of the um, uh, of the caulking that I want out, and the size of whatever it is that I'm that I'm caulking. You don't want it too big. You don't want it too small. You want it just right. And then what you do is I I like to either use a wet rag or I'll take a, a cup of water with me and dip my finger in it so that that way I'm smoothing that area out. So it's instead of being a large transition to where the the caulking is to what around it, it's smooth. It's a smooth transition. Transition there. It's going to shrink less, uh, and you're going to get a much better job. And then later on, when you have to recalk, it's easier to get that old caulking out uh, by uh, by taking a blade and and then cutting it. So. Um, in preparation of rain, it's a good idea to go out there, take a look at um, the uh, the areas where. Uh, where you have transitions around windows, around where the siding meets the um, uh, the trim, uh, any uh, transitions of where other pieces come together with uh, where pieces come together. Those transition areas are the areas typically where water will intrude. Now, if you have stucco, uh, if uh, then the surface cracks are even more important to to seal. Uh, stucco cracks are are extremely common, even if they're as small as a hairline crack, that's an area where water can get in. So you do need to seal that. For smaller cracks, uh, you can just use uh, caulking. Uh, you can also, um, uh, Quickcrete has a stucco patch compound that's really good uh, that I like. Um, which you can get at, at most of the home improvement, uh, you know, the home improvement big box stores. So uh, you can try that as well. All right, let's go to the phones. Uh, let's talk to Brian. Brian, you're in the house. How can I help you? Uh, I have a um, the back roof on my house. It's uh, got about a probably a two and a half and twelve pitch. It's shingled. Uh, it's just starting to leak, and it's uh, it used to be a back porch. It's probably ten feet by thirty feet. Mm-hmm. But there's it's an old house, uh, but there's no insulation in there. And when I put new roofing on there, is there something that I can do to stop the uh, the heat gain uh, through that uninsulated roof? It's two by four uh, joists in there. Sure. Yeah, so um, so it is important. So the best time to do it would be when you're replacing the roof because then you can actually remove the sheathing and you can get in there to put insulation in. So when we look at restriction of heat flow, um, there's two things that you want to look at. One is the insulation and then the other is ventilation. So you want to have an area where that hot air can actually escape. So what we're going to want to do is do some sort of insulation at the ceiling level. And then what I would check of uh, in that patio area is when they framed it, did they open up that space to the main attic area? In other words, if you if you go up towards, there's a, um, I assume that the main roof extends taller than this patio area that Correct. you're talking about, yes. right? Yes. Okay. So at the transition there where those two come together, remove a, a section of decking and see if they cut an opening in the old decking of the main roof so that that way the hot air can travel from that new framed lower patio area 
up to the main attic area. And if they didn't, you'll actually want to cut an opening, take a, a sawzall or a skill saw, and actually cut an opening so that that way the hot air can transfer from that patio section into the main attic area where it can be ventilated out. Okay, and I was wondering, too, is there some kind of a, uh, uh, insulated reflective panel or something that I could put under the shingles that would help? Yes, there is. Um, there's a number of things that you can do. Radiant barriers. So if we look at insulation versus some sort of thermal or radiant barrier, insulation is going to restrict heat transfer from going inside the living space. Radiant barriers are typically going to restrict the heat flow from ever making it into that attic area. I'm calling it an attic. It's that dead air space uh, between the ceiling and that uh, and that roof level. The issue is with radiant barriers is they're hard to install from. They're easier to install from the underside than they are from the top side. So that's the the issue that you're going to have. What you may want to do is instead of looking at a combination of insulation and radiant barrier, you may want to think about spray foam insulation, which works as both. The spray foam insulation is a a solid insulation that's a two-part insulation that's sprayed into that area. And... um, that will uh, serve both as insulation as well as a thermal barrier. So you may want to think about spray foam instead. All right. So, and by the way, that's what I would do. I would personally do the spray foam insulation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, right. now also, uh, the, can I talk about the roof there for a second? Yeah. Okay. So the when you have a low slope roof, and low slope is considered anywhere from 212 to 412, there's special underlayment requirements that are required if you do shingles. Shingles can't be used on anything that has a 212 slope and greater, and some shingles recommend, or the manufacturers recommend not installing them on anything less than 312. So look at the manufacturer of the shingles to see whether or not they will allow it on a 212. Some manufacturers won't allow certain shingles on a two and a half twelve pitch. Now what how pitch is measured is what's called rise over run. So we measure how many inches does it travel horizontally compared to how many inches does it rise vertically. And um, uh, and so uh, the reason why it's more likely to leak and the reason why there's underlayment requirements is that there's uh, when it's steeper, the, wa- the gravity is actually going to pull the water off faster. When it's lower slope, it's actually going to pull that – the gravity is going to pull the water down into the breaks of the shingles. Now, when the manufacturer says that shingles or the, the code says shingles can be used on anything 212 slope and greater, it's not like there's magic that happens where the water says, oh, wait a minute, this is 212 not one and seven eighths twelve, so therefore I'm not going to go in there. It, they just had to choose an arbitrary number, two, two and a half, three. Somewhere along there, the water uh, is less likely to get in. But they require special underlayment systems. So anytime you use shingles on low slope, I always recommend that you use a peel and stick, self-adhered polymer modified underlayment system. It's rubberized and it acts as a gasket to seal around the nails. And All so right. that'll help restrict water from in, in, uh, intruding in that area. And I, I, I would look seriously at not using shingles and using some other sort of roofing system, some sort of commercial roofing system, if it's not visible. Mm-hmm. So and let, okay. us, let us know if you want to quote on that at our business. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, bud. Name of our company, Universal Roofing Contracting, uh, and you can contact us, 647-3907. Are you listening? In the house. We'll be right back. 
Hey, hey, welcome back. That's right. In the house with Ken and Jared, your home improvement questions are answered here. We're broadcasting live from the Jacksonville Home and Patio Show. We'd love for you to come down and see us. Uh, it's a great show this year. There's all kinds of good booths. If you are that guy or that girl who loves doing projects around your house, you're going to like this year's Jacksonville Home and Patio Show. Lots of fun. Lots of really good stuff. Uh, it's uh, Tickets are $11 for adults, $5 for kids, uh, and uh, five and under are free. It's uh, uh, here at the Prime Osborne Convention Center, uh, 1000 Water Street in downtown Jacksonville. If you get a chance, uh, check. Uh, go by our booth uh, as well. Uh, the hours are. It's going to be open from 10 to 9 today, and tomorrow from 10 to 6. Uh, be sure to stop by our booth and uh, and say hi. Uh, our company, Universal Roofing Contracting, uh, we have a booth here. Uh, say hi to Brandon, our general manager, or any one of the the guys. Or girls who are who are there at our booth, so please come down and check it out. Uh, all kinds of good classes and great information uh, here at the uh, Jacksonville Home and Patio Show. Uh, they do a really good job. All right, uh, number to dial your home improvement questions three four zero one zero four five. Or if you're shy, don't like the sound of your voice on the radio, you can email me a question. Questions at universalroofjacks.com. All right, let's go to Marie. Marie, you're in the house. How can I help you? Marie, are you there? Nope. Let's uh, let's see if we can circle back around and grab her later. Uh, and uh, if you want to call with your home improvement questions, the number is 340-1045. Uh, I uh, saw on the screen that Marie had a question about gutters and whether or not she was required to have gutters. So I'll go ahead and just answer that question just in case you're, you're listening, Marie. So... Um, so no, you're not. There's no code that specifically requires gutters. Uh, in other parts of the country, there is, but um, in Florida, there's not. Uh, there's not a code that that actually requires gutters. There's some rules on what gutters should look like, or sizing, or things like that. And then there's recommendations on sizing of gutters. Now, in other parts of the country, where there where people have where there's a lot of basements, um, gutters are, are are way more prevalent. The the idea with gutters is that you're directing the water where you want it to go as opposed to wherever it naturally goes. So when we look at the edge of the house, roof comes down, water splashes down at the, at the foundation of the home. Well, if water collects around the foundation of the home up north, then water will actually get inside the basement. So therefore, you know, water is collecting around the foundation. Here, we don't have basements. So therefore, uh, when the water collects around the foundation, we just don't know it as well. But it can still cause damage and it can still cause water intrusion. So I'm a big fan of gutters. I think that gutters are a really good idea. But the problem with gutters is that there's maintenance to them. You have to go up there and you have to clean them out. In fact... Um, having gutters that are not cleaned out that back up can actually cause more damage than not having gutters. So if you're not going to go up there regularly and clean your gutters out, then I recommend some sort of gutter protection system. Um, there's a number of different ones. I like some of them. I don't like others. But having a good gutter protection system is a, is a good idea so that that way you don't have to clean the gutters out. The best ones, in my opinion, are the solid aluminum panels uh, that uh, extend over the top of the gutter. And then as the water runs down, uh, surface tension uh, causes that water to turn back up inside the gutter. And then uh, it's not a, an actual screen. It's a, uh, it's a solid aluminum panel. And uh, those are the best style of, of gutter protection systems. In 
in my opinion. Uh, and then if you look at downspouts, you want to place downspouts in areas where you can actually get the water away from the home. You want to direct the water away from the home so it doesn't collect around the foundation. You don't have water intrusion problems. All right, that music means that we need to take a break. Uh, when we get back, line open for you, 340-1045. You're listening to In the House on News 1045 WOKV. Hey, hey, welcome back. In the house with Ken and Jared, your home improvement questions are answered here. We're broadcasting live from the Jacksonville Home and Patio Show at the Prime Osborne Convention Center, 1000 Water Street in downtown Jacksonville. If you get a chance, come see us for sure. Uh, if um, We're giving away some tickets today as well to some of our callers uh, who want them, and then we'll leave their name at will call. But uh, tickets are $11 for adults, $5 for kids, uh, 6 to 12, and 5 and under are free. Show hours uh, to Today from 10 to 9, and then tomorrow from 10 to 6, uh, please come down and see us. All right, let's go to Eddie on the north side. Eddie, you're in the house. How can I help you? Uh, I've got a, a roof that's got plenty of slope to it. It's got architectural shingles that are about 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no visible damage to it. It has uh, copper flashing around the chimney, uh, and it, the, the flashing looks fine. Uh, I've had uh, a couple of people will look at it. Uh, they couldn't find any problem. But one guy finally says, well, let's take this off right here and replace the shingles. We'll see if there's anything there that's suspicious. They did that. It didn't help any at all. So uh, I'm really in a dilemma. Just wondering if there's any kind of instrumentation. And I, I just thought about, you know, if there's something in the ground, you know, there's a type of radar that you can put out there and you can determine if there's something in the ground that you can't see. Sure. I just wonder if there's any kind of instrumentation that you can use to determine where the leak is in the roof. Well, yes and no. I mean, we use a lot of times we'll use thermal image cameras to determine whether or not it's wet. But And you can trace it back some ways. But it's... It, it, um, but really it's more experience more than anything that even with a thermal image camera that's going to tell you <coughs> where it is leaking now is it leaking around the fireplace around the chimney uh, yes it is it's about uh, about a uh, well about a foot away from the fireplace and and by the way my home is a lindell type home it's a pole and beam house right so when you're in the when you're in the living room and you look up you see the ceiling is is the uh other side of the roof so yeah. there's no crawl yeah. space or anything yeah so I mean the so if we look at chimneys I mean chimneys are one of the most susceptible areas for leakage and the reason is is because you have the top area you have the flue or flue cap you have the the chimney cap or uh, if it's brick then you, you know, a lot of times you'll have you know just a solid surface or stone up there and then you have the transition of the chimney cap and the surface of the chimney whether it's brick or siding or whatever it is then you have the flashing the transition of the flashing in the surface and then you also have the shingles and then the transition transition of the shingles and the flashing. So any one of those areas could be leaking. So you have about seven areas where water could be possibly coming in. So determining which one of those is very difficult uh, just because it could be any one of those seven. And so... I know that you know that our guys in general are really good at determining which one it is. Have you given us a chance to look at it yet? No, sir, I haven't. Uh, I just I knew uh, I knew a couple of guys that did it, but uh, and uh, that's the reason I got them to come over. But I I heard I knew that you were on, and I I wanted to talk with you before I did anything. Yes, yeah, so as a matter, I, as a matter of fact, let me just interject this. 
uh, he, this, the fellow that's already looked at it is already suggesting that I replace that particular part of my roof, uh, not the front side, but the back side where the leak is. And, uh, and, and we're, of course, that's going to be, a, you know, an expensive uh, situation. So I just want to know, you know, if there was any way uh, to determine, you know, uh, what could be done without, you know, me spending that kind of money. Sure. Yeah, I mean, thermal image cameras are the closest thing. Uh, you can also do what we call an isolated water test where you try to make it leak. You start at the lowest point and then you work your way up uh, by spraying a garden hose on it. You're trying to make it leak and then to determine where the water's actually coming in. But I can tell you most of the time, it's not the shingles. The large majority of the time, it's not the shingles. Usually, it's going to be the flashing or it's... Or it's going to be the chimney cap. Those are the most common areas where it's going to be. Now, what type of surface is on the chimney? Is it brick or what is it? It's it's brick, and of course it has the cement, you know, right. over the brick uh, on the tops and so forth. All right. So is this is the cement? Ca- it's just a cement cap at the top. Uh, yes. Okay, that's where it's leaking. <laughs> I, prom- I promise you that's where it's leaking. I, I mean, I, you know, I don't know 100% obviously without looking at it, but those are very susceptible for leakage. Most of the time they'll just use an asphalt uh, area over the top of them. That doesn't work. You either need a metal cap or you need a, um, uh, a, some other sort of waterproofing. Hydrostop makes a really good one. So usually what I would recommend with chimneys is I usually recommend that we take out all the things that could be causing it. Uh, you, you just kind of, you know, you do all of the things and waterproof all of the things that it could be. With brick as well, you understand that brick is not waterproof by itself. When's the last time that you actually sealed that brick? Oh, it's, uh, I, I don't know, I don't even know if it's ever been really sealed. Yeah. So if, if we look at brick on a, on a wall surface where there's an overhang, it's not a concern because you only get wind-driven rain every once in a while. But it, when it's on a chimney, it's out there taking the weather 24 hours a day. And so there's, and there's no overhang. And the brick is not waterproof by itself. Mortar's not waterproof by itself. So that has to be sealed. So, um, so it could be any one of those things. So I, I would seal the brick. I would do a chimney cap is, are the things that I would do just, you know, just talking to you. But if you want to have our guys come out, uh, our guys are experts when it comes to chimneys, and, and we come out for free, um, take a look at it, and give you our opinion. Real good. Okay, one other quick question. Uh, sure. As far yep. as the underlayment of the shingles, is there anything else that I can do as far as uh, thermal uh, to improve the thermal uh, quality of the, the covering on the roof? Not as a not as the underlayment, no, no. The underlayment is just temporary waterproofing, but you can do a radiant barrier. Well, no, not with yours, no, because you've got the. So no, I mean, yeah. it, it, what you can do it requires re, you know replacing the entire roof, but you can do. They ha, do have vented decking where you could actually layer another layer of decking over the top. It has a dead airspace built into it, but that's so expensive that it's not. It's not worth it. And, and most people, I would say, you know, we just add a thermal barrier on the inside of the attic, but you don't have one, so that doesn't work for you. Yeah, well, now, by the way, you just mentioned that. Uh, my roof is that type of a roof. It has the uh, uh, has three inches of, uh, uh, of styrofoam. Oh, okay. And then the ventilation space and then the OSB on top of that, and then the shingle seal are put on top of that. Oh, okay. So what kind of, um, what kind of ventilation do you have? Uh, don't understand what you mean by that. It, that it, it's just it goes from down uh, the the fascia where the fascia is. It's vented there, 
Yeah, is there a ridge vent at the top then? Ridge vent. Ridge okay. vent, yes. So you might, is it a metal vent at the top? No, no, it isn't. It's just kind of a cagey-like thing with shingles on top of that. Oh, okay. So that's, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's as much as you can do with your scenario. So actually, that's not bad. Different shingle over ridge vents are rated better than others. And so um, when if my guys come out there and look at it, then uh, then we can see whether or not it's one that's rated well. Uh, some of those um, uh, they've been some of the shingle over ridge vents they've been found uh, through testing that they that the errors uh, if it's a filter style that filter can get blocked and then it won't allow the hot air to actually escape. So um, uh, so as long as it's not one of those, then it's going to be you know then it's going to be fine. But uh, if you have us come out, we'll look at that at the same time. Very good. Thank you so much for your help. All right, thanks, brother. Appreciate your call. All right, let's see. Let's go to Scott in Palatka. Scott, you're in the house. How can I help you? Uh, got a question. Can a house be sealed too much? And the reason why I ask this, and my kids get a kick out of it, you can leave every door in the house cracked, and when the air conditioner suck comes on, you can hear the door slam all the way through the house. It's, right. I, I know sometimes. You know, certain things can be still too much. Is, is yeah. can this be a problem? Because my air conditioner, I keep having problems with my air conditioner. But it, you know, freezing over, and I mean, if it's not getting enough circulation through the yeah, house. Yeah, I mean, so do you have returns? Do you have returns throughout the house, or just one central return? Just one central return. Okay. Yeah. So that 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 is. Uh, I mean, if we look at the construction of houses today. So to answer your initial question, yes, houses can be sealed too much if you do not have fresh air exchange. So you have to have some way for fresh air to come into the home. And a lot of times with the design of uh, of HVAC systems today, a lot of times we'll do a fresh air exchange. If you have a ventilation system, if you have a, a non-sealed attic area, and you have a ventilation system, then usually that is how you get the fresh air or exhaust the bad air out. But having additional um, uh, um, returns throughout the house would be a good idea. So I, I probably would recommend that is having some additional returns other than the one. Because you want right. to circulate the air throughout the house. Correct. And see, it's, a, it's a like a 1,350 square foot block home. Right. So it's, it's, it's not a big home. And it was just, I, I knew something wasn't right. It's just, you know, Having so much trouble with it, you know, the air conditioner, it seems like it's struggling sometimes. And yeah. I'm sure that's probably what it was. It wasn't getting enough incoming air, just recycling what it's pumping out. So. Yeah, so there's two things I would look at. I would look at the ventilation system uh, for the home, which is typically going to be the roof. It's going to be part of the right. roofing system. I want to make sure that that is proper. And then second thing I would look at is is uh, is adding some additional returns. Thanks, right. Scott. Right. I, I need to, I, I've got a break here, but okay. um, uh, but uh, thanks for your call. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, uh, Jason in North Arlington has a question or follow-up uh, from a roof call earlier, and uh, John and Callahan talking about spray foam insulation deteriorating shingles both interesting questions you're listening in the house we'll be right back without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones 
who get it done.